Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. On June 28th is our first Axios Night. So what is an Axios Night? Axios Night is for you to come and to connect with us and also to know more about what Axios culture and what are we as a church. We're going to be talking about different things of how you can get plugged in or ways for you to help us push this mission forward. So if you want to be part of it, this Axios Night on, on June 28th, you go to axioschurch.com and in the tab where it says Axios Night, you can reserve your seat. There's limited seats for this event, so make sure you go and reserve your seat and be there for Axios night on June 28th. Like we said, today is a special day. We have a special guest that's going to be preaching for us. One of my greatest friends. He's actually a one of one of the pastors at Together Church here in Lakeland, Florida. And I asked him to come preach for us today. He has a, an encouraging word that he's going to be really blessing you guys for. So we want you right now. His name is Josh Williams. And I want you right now to welcome Josh as he comes in and preaches us for uh, preaches to us today here at Axios. Come right now in the comments. Um, start welcoming Josh. Josh, take it on. Well, thanks, Pastor Eric. And what is up, Axios fam? Yo, it is an honor to be with you this morning. And uh, man, I just feel like I'm adopted into the Axios family already. And uh, if you can't tell, I'm excited to be able to preach this morning and to speak into the life of Axios as a church and where you guys are at on your journey. And hopefully um, I have the opportunity to speak into where you're at on your faith journey and into your life. Um, but I got to give honor where honor is due. I have looked up to Pastor Eric and Pastor Jess for almost 10 years now. Um, when I first met them, I was one of their interns in their kids ministry when they were kids pastors. And so this is such a cool full circle moment uh, for me because I looked up to them for a long time and they've sowed into my life and into my ministry. And hopefully I get to do the same thing um, this morning for them. But I want to jump straight into God's word this morning. And we're going to be in Exodus chapter 36. And my goal for us today is I want to be able to speak into the life of Axios as a church. I mean, I believe God has big things in store. I believe he's building something significant that's going to change lives, that's going to change this city. And so hopefully I want to stir up our faith and hopefully unpack and help us understand the next steps as God is building something through us and in us. So let's jump right in. Exodus chapter 36. And so we're going to be reading, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, but whatever translation you have is fine. Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 5. The Lord has gifted Bezalel and Ohiliab and the other skilled craftsmen with wisdom and the ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord has commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Ohiliab and all of the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. 
They went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. And so let's pray real fast and we'll unpack this message together. God, thank you that your presence and your spirit, God, it's not limited by location. God, no matter where we find ourselves at this morning, God, if we just lift up your name and praise you, God, your presence is welcome there. And you promised us your spirit and you promised us your presence. And so, God, we ask that you just be with us today as we dive into your word and learn how to build the thing, God, that you've called us to build. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. So I don't know if you've been in this place before where the Israelites are currently at, but I'm assuming you haven't, and I've been there too. And it's that moment where God begins to call you to build something new, or to do something new, or to start something new, much like Axios. And so when we, call, we get called to be a part of something that God's building, or maybe it's just in our life and he's building our, our marriage, or he's building our relationships, or our family, or our career, no matter what God's like, hey, this is the thing that I'm calling you to build, immediately we're smacked with fear, these emotions of, man, I'm inadequate, God, I'm unprepared for this, I'm unequipped, I'm outmatched, this thing is so big that you're calling me to build. And we find ourselves in this war where it's like, am I going to lean into faith or am I going to lean into fear? And the Israelites are right now, just for context's sake, Moses is really close with God, and God tells Moses, he says, hey, I want you to build me a sanctuary or a tabernacle. I want you to build me this. And he goes, because I want a place to dwell with my people. I want a place for my presence to dwell with people. And when his presence would dwell with them, God's a relational God, and that's good news for you and me. And the tabernacle and the sanctuary in the Old Testament actually also provided direction for where they were supposed to head next on their journey. And so I know you're probably thinking, Josh, what does this have to do? What does this 4,000 year old building have to do with me and you in 2020? What has everything to do with me and you? Because God sent his son, Jesus. We believe that he died on the cross after living a perfect life. He defeated the grave, he rose from the dead, and he ascended into the heavens to prepare a place for me and you for eternity. And so when he actually ascended into the heavens, he gave us his Holy Spirit and it was a promise. It was a promise that he's still a relational God. And so that's good news for you and me because we're a tabernacle now. Whether me or you like it, I'm a sanctuary. If you grew up in church, you've heard the, the old school phrase that our body is a temple. And that's true. It's scripture. And the reality is me and you need to have that understanding today that I am a sanctuary. I'm, I'm, I'm a temple. I am a tabernacle. God's presence is in me because he's relational and he loves me and he wants to do life with me. But he's also going to give me direction through his Holy Spirit because I can have a relationship with him. And so I'm excited to jump in this morning and to really unpack what's going on in here. And like I said earlier, I'm so excited to speak into the life of your church because I know you're building something great already. I know God's called you to build something great for this city. I love your mission statement where we point people to Jesus so they can find their worth and pursue their purpose in God. And so if we really believe that's our mission as a church family, as Axios, then guess what? We got to build something so that we can point people to him. And so let's jump in this morning into this message. And my goal is that we can hopefully understand a little bit better how God builds and how God is going to build something significant in our life, in our church, and in our families. 
And so my first point for today, okay, my first thought is this, is it's actually the method, okay? Number one, the method. And so God's instructions for construction are a lot different than your and I's probably think they would be. I read in scripture and I read in, you know, Saul, uh, or in um, Exodus 37 and it says, Then Bezalel made the lampstand of pure hammered gold. He made the entire lampstand and its decorations of one piece, the base, the center stem, stem, the lamp cups, the buds, the petals. The lampstand had six branches going out from the center stem, three on each. And, and really, we're given this picture that God cared about the inside of the tabernacle before he did the outside. And so they're in this place already where they've never done this before. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling inadequate. Uh, I can't even imagine being uh, Bezalel and you've never done anything like this before. And Moses goes, hey, we got the materials. Let's get started. He looks back. He's like, I've never done this before. And it's important to note this because I think for us, a lot of times we think that God starts with the foundation like we do in our brain. And I certainly don't claim to be a uh, construction expert, okay? I'm not a contractor. If you were to ask my wife, I'm actually um, probably the least manliest uh, guy that's ever going to preach to Axios, okay? I see Pastor Eric, and he's doing his uh, construction projects on his day off, and he has his truck. Not me. I drive a car. I don't own tools. I can't even hang shelves or a picture without putting multiple holes in the walls each time. So I'm certainly not claiming to know everything about construction, but I do think we can kind of agree on a general kind of approach or instructions where you, you, know, you have a foundation for a house, you throw up some exterior walls, frame them out, interior walls, drywall, throw a roof on it, let's put some flooring in, finishing touches, and then guess what? We have our house. But when I look inside God's word, it looks like he is way more concerned and his first priority is the interior of the tabernacle. And so for you and me, if our bodies are a temple, if our bodies are a tabernacle and God's presence dwells within our lives and it gives us direction, then you and I need to take note that God cares about the interior of my heart because God builds things from the inside out. He builds in reverse order. And I don't know if, you, if you're like this sometimes, but man, when I get in a bind and I got some problems in my life, and man, how many know I'm not perfect? You pastors aren't perfect. I got plenty of problems. I'll hit God with one of those prayers where it's kind of like a, like a toss-up, and you're like, all right, God, if you get me out of this problem, if you, if you find a way, if you, if you provide for this thing, if you provide, and I feel like God's like, nah, man. Like, what happened to when you used to praise me before I fixed your problems? What happened when you put your faith in me before I gave you that promotion at, jo at the job you have and you chose to praise me before the promotion? And I think so many times in our life we forget that we fail to forget, we fail to remember, and we forget that God cares about the inside of my heart first. And too often we, we exhaust ourselves working on the external, and it leaves the interior empty in my life. And for you and I today, it's encouraging that God actually wants to heal the broken pieces on the inside before he starts to bless what you and me are building on the outside. God wants to, God wants to heal, he wants to mend, he wants to fix the broken things on the inside of your life before he ever begins to bless what you're doing on the outside. He's an interior designer. 
My wife is an incredible uh, decorator, I guess you could say. Um, one of my favorite things about her is that she makes our, our house feel like a home. And she just so happens to spend way too much money on mag uh, Magnolia stuff with Chip and Joanna Gaines. But as I was preparing for this message, I was like, yo, I, I love all of Chip and Joe's stuff, but Joanna Gaines doesn't have anything on God. God is the ultimate interior designer. And I challenge you this week, go back to this passage and you'll see verse by verse, and you'll see the next six chapters dedicated solely to the inside work. God's detailed. He cares about the internal details of my heart, of my soul, and of your spirit. And so when I can have that hope that guess what? God's focused on me before he's focused on the thing that I am called to build. And I know you see Pastor Eric and Pastor Jess and man, they are trendy and they're loving and they're pastoral and man, they are leading the way for your church to build something great. But I'll tell you what, I have respect for Pastor Eric and Pastor Jess because I've watched them over the past decade allow God to do the internal work. And so when Axios built something big and God's like, yo, this is it right here. This is what I was calling you to build the whole time. People like me that are watching your journey from the beginning stages and even watched your journey before you even had a church name, we're all going to be like, yo, that's because Pastor Jess and Pastor Eric did the internal work first. God allowed them to heal the broken pieces in their life. And so for us, sometimes we just need to come back to the conclusion that God cares. God cares. He sees me right where I'm at today. And he cares about the internal work in my life. And he's concerned with fixing the broken pieces of me before he blesses the thing that he's called me to build. Point number two, okay? First, number po first point number one, the method. Point number two is the materials. And so in Exodus chapter 36, verse two, this is what it says. It says, so Moses summoned uh, Beziel, uh, Bezalel and Ohiliab and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. It's funny because when I read this, I feel like, man, God doesn't use everybody, but he's willing to use anyone. And you see these guys, they, 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 for all we know, they haven't done anything, anything significant, anything special. And they're actually just captives a couple months prior to this happening. And so I, for you and I today, I want to break it down that if God can use anyone, what are the requirements? What are the prerequisites that God has for me? If I want him to use me to build what he's called me to build, whether that's my calling, whether that's my career, whether that's being a parent, whether that's being a spouse, I mean, whether that's being a child, no matter where you're at today, we have a, we have a responsibility to build something in the point, and for that thing to point people towards Jesus. And so God can use anyone, and I, and I need to be willing. I, I want to break it down. And so what are the two, the two prerequisites for you and I to be used by God to build axios, to build our life, to build our church, to build our families? Well, number one, it's a willing spirit. And number two, working hands. That's all. Really? I, yeah, I a willing spirit and working hands. That's God's prerequisites. Those are his requirements for us coming into his business and building something significant and spiritual and supernatural that'll point people towards Jesus. A willing spirit and working hands. And I don't know about you, but man, I get in this place sometimes where I am working, working, working. I am doing my best to build my hands. Man, they got, these are harvest hands. 
These, these are connecting with people. These are giving people hope through Jesus. And, and, and my hands are dirty. And I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. And then God checks me and he goes, yeah, but Josh, what about your heart, yo? Like I see your hands and, and, I, and I'm blessed that I'm excited that, that, you're, that you're willing to do my work. But man, your spirit, your willing spirit, you got some resentment in there. You got some, some pride in there. I need to chip away at those things before we can move forward and start building this thing again. And then maybe you're on the flip side of that, and I have been here too, and uh, completely convicted multiple times, just being completely transparent, where I'm like, God, woo, I will make my life count. Give me a purpose. God, use my life for your glory. God, do this. And he's like, I've already positioned you for, to have a purpose, yet you're not willing to put your hands to work. And so it's easy to fall outside of that category in one or two categories where it's, hey, either our heart is right and we're just missing it to where God's positioned us to put our, our hands to work and to give us purpose. Or man, maybe we are just, man, we're working and we got that thing down pat. We'll show up. We'll serve at Axios. I'm joining online. I'm on the ground floor. I'm helping build this thing. And then God checks our heart and he's like, yo, but I, I got to fix your spirit. That's the, that's the thing that needs dealing with right now. And so why are these prerequisites, why are these requirements important for us? Why would God gotta make this a part of the material process? And I genuinely believe that, uh, that because God is focused on building you before he's focused on what you're building. God wants to build you through the thing that he's called you to build. God's main priority is not always gonna be the thing he's called you to. God's first priority is always gonna be you. You're a child. He, he created you, he knows you, he sees you. I mean, he sees your stress this morning. He sees that anxiety that is just, man, just trying to grab a hold of you and hang on to your shirt for dear life when you're praying and when you're showing up to, to Sunday service. But I believe God is in the business of always wanting to build us while we're building the thing that he's called us to build. So we have to get this right. We have to align a working, working hands and a willing spirit. And so when those things come together and they come in sync, I want to show you what the outcome is when we get a willing spirit and working hands synced up because it's supernatural and it leads us to our last and final point. And it's the miracle. Yeah, that's right. A miracle, when we can sync these things up. Man, when I've allowed God's method to be my priority, when I allow him to build the inside of me first, right? The interior things. And when I come into alignment with him and I go, God, I'm willing to put my hands to work and I have a willing spirit. I'm ready to work. I'm ready to get my hands dirty for you. And my spirit is willing and it's eager and it's excited. That's when we see something supernatural. That's when we see God build something significant. That's when we see a miracle. And so in Exodus uh, 36, 6 through 7, I want to kind of leave us and kind of close us with this thought right here. It says in Exodus 36, verse 6 through 7, it says, So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough! So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings and their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Yo, when was the last time you and I were stopped because we were bringing too much to the table? When was the last time me and you got home from work 
We put down our backpack or the briefcase. We walked in and we're like, man, yo, family, I love you. Let's have some fun, kiddos. Let's play. Let roll on the floor. Let's mess with Hey, give your wife or your husband a kiss. Let them know you love them, that you missed them today. And we were just so on point with our parenting and our marriage that God had to look at us and say, yo, 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 you're bringing too much. You're, 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 you're bringing too much. I'm convicted, y'all. When was the last time I showed up to church and God was like, yo, 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 slow it down. Slow it down. You're bringing too much. You're working too much and you're too excited. Some translations say that God, they were restricted. Man, I don't know about you, but I want to be restricted or stopped, not because of my struggles, but because I'm doing something that is big and significant and I'm working too hard and I'm too excited about it. Yo, you and I have the opportunity that when we sync these two things up, when I allow God to do the internal work, when, he's, when he cares about the internal work in my life and in my heart, and then I go, God, I'm willing, my, my spirit's willing, and my hands are willing to work. Yo, that's when we see God do something incredible, and you and I will show up to church and show up at home, show up at work, show up wherever we're at in our lives, and God will be like, yo, 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 you're bringing so much to the table right now. We have more than enough. And I want to speak, this may be weird, but I want to speak a prophetic word over Axios right now. And I believe right now that God will say that about your church. Yo, you have more than enough that you're not going to lack, that God's going to build something so significant in your church. There is going to be more than enough when you guys come to the table and try to make a difference in your community and in the lives of people in your church family. I don't want to be stopped because of my struggles now. No, that's not for me. I want to be stopped because I'm bringing more than enough. And as we close, it was interesting for me. I looked up what um, Bezalel's name meant. And I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. I used to teach history. I love, I love the Bible. And his name actually means uh, to be under the shadow or the protection of the Almighty God. Under the shadow or the protection of the Almighty God. And I think it's important to note that as God's building your life and he's building Axios Church, man, we're under his protection. We're in his shadow. Me and you have been in positions, even before we knew that we needed protection, God already had it and it was readily and available. I grew up and I was like, I'm praying this prayer, God, build a hedge of protection around this. And I always thought it was just a saying, it's scripture. God is in the business of protecting you and I first, and then he's going to protect what he's called us to build. You may not know this, but my name's Josh. Maybe your name's Jason, or maybe your name is, is Jerry. Guess what? Our name is Beziel. Our name is Bezalel because we're under the shadow and the protection of the Almighty God. And lastly, I want to leave you with one last scripture. And you may not think that it's significant, but I think it is. And so if you just hold on for two more minutes, okay? Our last scripture is in Genesis 35, verse 30. 33. And this is what brings it all together. This is what brings our hope together. This is what gives us purpose. And this is how Moses introduced Bezalel. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. 
And I'm like, God, where, where, did, where, where did Bezalel learn all this? Like, weren't they just in captivity a couple months ago? Where, where did he learn all of these things? Like, has he done something that I'm missing? And I feel like God began to show me that, man, that thing that Bezalel probably thought was pointless. Man, when he was in captivity and he's building those pyramids and he's like, this is pointless. This is painful. Yo, this, my life might as well be over because there's no purpose in what I'm doing right now. I'm not, I don't, I don't even have the opportunity to say I've never done this before because this is all I've been doing. I've been enslaved. I've been in captivity and all I'm doing is just pointless work. And I don't know who needs to hear this who's on the other side of the screen, but I believe that God's looking at you and he sees the pain that you went through. I believe God looks at the stuff that you called pointless, that when you wanted to give up, throw in the towel and said, man, there is no point to this. There's no purpose in this. It's painful. It's pointless. I believe God sees you and I and he goes, guess what? That thing you called pointless, I'm using to prepare you for your purpose. Yo, that pain that you experienced in that last season, that's going to propel you into your purpose. And the things you called meaningless, I'm going to call meaningful. And so we see Bezalel come to the table bringing more than enough and is able to complete the thing that God assigned to him. And that was for him to build something significant for the Lord. And you and I, we're all building something. Whether it's our families, whether it's our career, whether it's Axios Church, we're all called to build something. We're all trying to build something. And I just wanted to give us the proper perspective today that the things that me and you called pointless and caused us so much pain, God used to prepare us for our purpose. And lastly, man, if God put it in front of you, man, he called you to it. And if he called you to it, then he equipped you for it. And so if you're at home or, you know, would you just mind bowing your head with me today? And I'm going to close my eyes and, and let's just say a prayer together. And I know that there's people watching that, man, maybe you need to run back to God. Maybe you had a relationship with him at one point and you found yourself straying away. Man, maybe you just had, had just, maybe today was the first time you heard that Jesus died on the cross for you and that your sins are not only forgiven, but you can have a relationship and that you can spend eternity in heaven with him. No matter where you're at today, as we bow our heads and our close our eyes, I'm going to say a prayer. And I want you to repeat this after me, but I want you to make my words your words today. So let's pray. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for me. God, I surrender my life to you. God, I put my trust in you. God, I want to spend eternity with you forever. But until then, God, would you start building something in my life and God would you use me to build something for your glory in Jesus name amen yo if you prayed that prayer I gotta tell you that was the best decision it doesn't mean that everything is gonna be easy now but it does mean you're equipped for the journey and so if you accepted Christ today, I want you to drop a comment below. We got the Axios Church team that's ready. They're waiting to connect with you. Or you can hop on our website and fill out a card. No matter what is easiest for you to let us know that you made that personal decision today, it's going to help us equip you and help you on your next steps as you start your faith journey. 
And so I love you, church. Hey, thank you so much, Pastor Eric, Pastor Jess. I love you guys. You know, I'm praying, I'm believing for Axios, and I truly believe that the best is yet to come. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.